Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. Lisa, we're in kind of part two right now. We are. Right. And so and just to kind of give our listeners sort of a, maybe a heads up coming down the road is this is actually part of a new coaching program that we're really helping people create emotional mastery. Yeah. Because when you can master your emotions, you really end up taking all the drama out of all of these situations, right? Because there's drama all around us, but if it doesn't get inside of us, but we, we can master the situation. Absolutely. And we can um, do this within our teams and we can do this within ourselves and with our families. It really can apply everywhere. And, and in the first episode, now listen, if you have not listened to the first episode, we want to encourage you, go back to that first episode, take a listen, because we really kind of talked about this whole idea of naming your emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that if I can name it, I actually can manage it. Right. When I know really what's going on in the inside of me, it kind of creates this, starts to create this roadmap, right? Because when it's clear to your brain, you can communicate it clearly to other people. At least like even us in our business, like we're we're going through through some growing pains. We we need to make some investments. And the truth is, is I've been pretty slow in making some of those decisions. Right. And in that other in the other episode, um, we just really talked about recognizing what are these feelings that I'm not even aware of because we get stuck. And so when we kind of recognize them and identify them, then we can begin to to deal with them and not live in the drama of our work environment or our home environment. And we know what to do. Yeah. And so almost like like with our team, Lisa, this is this is maybe a great example, is that I've been dragging my feet, kind of procrastinating, making certain decisions. And as you and I were just kind of processing through what that was, I, I really realized that I was I was really afraid of making a mistake. I was afraid of making an investment that didn't have a return. And maybe because of past trauma and past mistakes, I kind of brought that and I was like, no, you know what? That's what I'm really afraid of. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's amazing is that when I was able to name it, all of a sudden, I have, I have a new sense of power. Okay, that's the fear. That's the emotion. Right. And here's what's even more amazing is I've been starting to share it with our team. Mm-hmm. And and I said, hey, I just need you to help me with this emotion. Like I need to, you know, I have some uncertainty. And, you know, as we're walking through this, if you can just speak to that and help me build the confidence that I need, right? It's up to me to build the confidence myself. But I think once my team knew that, it helped them understand what I was going through. Absolutely. Well, and it helped you evaluate what you were going through and how you make a decision going forward because you knew what that thing was that was holding you back. Yeah. And it's and it's almost this whole idea is that if I can name it, I can make it mine. Absolutely. And so if you haven't listened to that first podcast, we just want to encourage you to just go back to the the previous episode, because this is kind of part two, because Lisa, now that we kind of start to name it, it's like, the question is, is like, how do I make it mine? Absolutely. Because if, if it belongs to somebody else, as in somebody else can control you, or if it belongs to another environment, that environment, that whole, that whole emotion and what you're going through is really theirs. And you are completely powerless. Well, it's, but but how do you go through and do you how do you make it mine so I can direct it and I can determine what's going on? Absolutely, because if not, I just kind of become the victim, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, they made me mad. Well, no, you, you felt mad. Nobody can make you have any emotion. It's like, no, this is this is really kind of my emotion. And and if we're not careful, we kind of go into like this spider web idea, right? Yeah. Where it's like you're you're dealing with all of these ex- 
extenuating circumstances out there, right? Like Lisa, like I was like worried about cutting costs here and cutting costs here. And how do we make this cheaper? And oh, we can, you know, we can do video this way and it's cheaper. It, and really that wasn't the issue, right? The real, the spider of the issue was, is that I was afraid of not getting a return, not being able to produce a return from this investment because we've made other investments that I didn't have the capability to produce the the return on it. And well, what, and what's interesting is the other investments that we made, we actually saw saw tremendous return on these investments. They were just returns in not the original intended way that these investments yeah, were made. Yeah, it, it was fascinating. It was, so I had this whole web that was kind of going on in my mind, but it was it just was so amazing on Mondays like when I knew what the spider was, I'm like that's the thing I go to go after, right? Because how many times do we just deal with the web and then we clean up the web, we don't get the spider. And then the spider goes, you know, two days later in a different part of the house. And all of a sudden there's the web again. Absolutely. And, and it's like, how many times do people go round and round a mountain, right? And never really tackle the real issue. And like, life is amazing. Like it will keep giving you the same experiences over and over again until you learn the lesson. And what's fascinating about the whole spider web spider concept is the problem isn't always the problem or isn't necessarily the problem. Well, it, 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 and we'll get into this down the road, right? But typically the problem, the real problem is how you feel about the problem. Mm -hmm. And all of the emotions surrounding all of the different things. And so you maybe actually, you think that you feel pretty angry when in reality, maybe you're not really angry. Maybe you're scared, frustrated, discouraged, all of these things. And so you can't, deal with, okay, I'm angry because that's really actually not, that's, it's not that's, the issue. that's not really the issue. Yeah. And, it, and it's this whole idea. I think when you're emotionally connected to any issue, right, your clarity becomes cloudy, your focus really becomes fuzzy. And, and, and this is the whole flip side, right? It's because we need to be emotional about the issues, right? Because that emotion gives you all the motion. Mm -hmm. It kind of gives you that drive. And, and we just, and, and part of like having emotional mastery is not denying your emotions. Right. Right. It's like, hey, I, I I have this passion. I have this, you know, desire. I have, you know, I really want this. It's a big, and you just have to know there's, there's sort of a shadow side, right? There's a kryptonite to that strength. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really kind of proof that you care, you know, you can be in yeah. your workplace and things are just not going well in your workplace. And there's, there's a lot of unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy expectations and, there's a lot of emotions involved in in working in an unhealthy workplace. And so, but you can't just spun, spin off and say, I am completely frustrated because I live in an unhealthy workplace because there's so much more to it. Yeah. And, and really helping kind of own and make it mine. Like you're not the victim, right? It's like, hey, this is my feeling. It's nobody else's feeling. Nobody has made me feel this way. And it kind of drives down to this whole idea we've talked many times before is that the quality of your life, like the quality of life that you have is really in the amount of tolerations that you put up with. Mm-hmm. Right, because and when, wait, define tolerations. Well, there could be any kind of irritations that you just kind of put up with and, and don't address or mm -hmm. don't you know move forward. Right, you just because if you don't address it, you you end up just kind of creating them or and complaining a, about them. Let me right, say. and a lot of times those are almost like splinters. Yeah, they're they're they could be major, but a lot of times they're minor. They're they're things that you can live and deal with. It's that pebble in your shoe. You know, you're out on a run and you've got a pebble in your shoe and you don't want to take the time to stop, pull your shoe off and take that pebble out. 
and you're just thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to get through this run while I've got this pebble in my shoe. And when I'm done, I will take it out and I'll deal with it because I'm, I don't want to break my stride. And unfortunately, if you have ever, this has ever happened to you, there are times when you get to the end of your run and you take that pebble out of your shoe and you've actually done damage to your foot because you have um, a sore spot or a blister or whatever because of that rub, because it's that toleration over time, because initially that pebble is really something small. Yeah. And and I think this is where we need to get really clear on like naming it very quickly, right? This is what it is and realize it's mine, mm-hmm. right? Because if it's somebody else's, then I just end up being the blamer. Absolutely. Right. And so it's, it's almost like, you know, name, name, it's like, I'm irritated because I'm tolerating this. Mm-hmm. And then how do I eliminate that toleration? Like, do I have a conversation? Is it a system? Is it a people? Is it a process? Right? There's multiple different answers. And we've got a lot of great thinking tools that we're going to kind of uncover as we kind of talk through this topic. Absolutely. And then part of that too is, is you know, there is this spider web of emotions and all of these things, they're all connected. Um, and then along with that is this danger of being lukewarm. Right. Because how many times did you sort of become apathetic or it's like almost like you you don't even feel anymore? Well, sometimes you can have so much going on that you have to live lukewarm because it's too many competing emotions and you can no longer feel all of them and you have pressed them down and you're not feeling them. And so you have nothing, no energy left, no emotional energy left, but just to be lukewarm. Well, it, well, and it goes back to like just what you said. It's like emotions are energy, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, what do you do with the energy? We're not saying, you know, don't don't have the energy, but you are you do come to a point where it's like you don't even have the energy, and that's where it's like, you know, we want you to have energy, mm-hmm. right? It, the the that lukewarmness is almost just a shutting down. You're you're in your office, you're in a toxic working environment, and you get to the point where you just shut down because. You're just going to put your head down and you're going to do your job because it's the only way you can survive. Yeah. And and the challenge is that that keeps happening over and over time. People come into this idea of like learned helplessness, right? Oh, there's nothing I can do. And and really you just end up playing the victim of your circumstance or your organization or, or, or your life or what other people. Absolutely. And so what this is really fascinating, um, Kate on our team, she, she found this and absolutely. Kate is, Kate is, Kate is Kate. Kudos to Kate. Um, so Mr. Rogers, beloved Mr. Rogers. Well, Kate's, Kate's got young kids. She does. We, when was the last time you and I watched Mr. Rogers? I actually saw the Mr. Rogers movie and it was amazing. You never saw that. I never saw it. It is. It's totally worth seeing. Okay. We're, we're renting the Mr. Rogers Mm-hmm. movie. Okay, so I digress. back in 1977, he did this show. And one of the songs that he sang was, what do you do with the man you feel? Ooh. And it's Google it, look it up. It's, it's actually a really good little song, but, but it says, what do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite Ooh. when the whole wide world seems oh so wrong and nothing you do seems very right. Okay. Let's just stop right there. How many people work in a workplace that that's that's what it is? The whole wide work, world play, world and workplace is oh so wrong and nothing you do seems right, right? So yeah. that's what this whole song is, is what do you do? Well, when I love it, he says, what do you do? It's like, it's kind of presupposes that you can do something, mm. right? Because a lot of people, oh, I'm mad and I can't do anything about it. Absolutely. And so go two more stanzas down and it says, I can stop when I want to 
can stop when I wish. Mm. I can stop, stop, stop anytime. And what a good feeling like this and know that the feeling is really mine. Or So what a good feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine. And so that mad is yours. It's almost like you have to own it. And it's like, whatever you don't own, you can't change. Whatever you don't take a responsibility for, you really have no response to. Well, absolutely. And he, what he's talking about is, is what a good feeling to feel like this, that I can stop that mad whenever I want. And when I can stop that mad whenever I want, when I can stop that irritated, that angry, that frustrated whenever I want, then I know it's really mine. I own that because I have complete control that that anger and that irritation, that frustration doesn't control me. I control it. Right. It's like you control your emotions. Because a lot of times here's what happens is that, you know, people end up kind of serving their emotions, right? And and really those emotions are meant to serve you, right? There's, there's a purpose for all of these emotions, but if you don't know how to make it, how to, you know, make it your servant, and that's why it says emotional mastery, Absolutely. right? It's not emotional servitude. Absolutely. And it's very interesting because then he kind of closes this song out by saying, and just, okay, picture this in Mr. Rogers' voice, that He's call, got cardigan, cardigan with our slippers on. And about. he says, doesn't it feel good when you know you're just about to do something you know is wrong hmm. and you decide to do something else, something that won't hurt you or anybody else? Doesn't that feel great? you know, you're really growing then. I love it. Right. Cause how many times, it, right. People get mad and they do crazy things. Right. Well, so you could, you could get mad. You could be frustrated. You could be angry. You could be depressed and you do something and it's not a proactive response. It's a reactive. And maybe it's that you completely shut down and that hurts you or it could hurt your team, or maybe it's a reactive thing and you completely blow up at your coworker who maybe is at fault, but you blow up at them. Yeah. And, and it's almost like we, we I, I told this story, it's been years ago um, and in a lot of our trainings is this whole idea sometimes when people get into this emotional reactive, you know, sort of place, it is almost like, so like they're on drugs, right? It's mm -hmm. like, you know, they, they don't think straight, they don't do things straight. And so uh, there was a particular leader that we knew was having going to have this crucial conversation with our, one of our team members. And I, I remember that she brought, you know, our team member in and I called her that day to talk about the conversation. He's, and I says, Katie, I said, how did it go? And she said, well, Dennis, I brought her into my office and I started to talk to her and she threw down her hair. Hmm. And I was like, throw down your hair. What, what the heck does that mean? She goes, man, she got so mad that she took off her wig. I didn't know she had a wig on and threw it on the ground, was stomping on the wig, yelling at me. Right. Right. And how many times does, you know, it's like, wow, how does a 40 year old person with a master's degree act like a four-year-old. Mm -hmm. Amazing, right? And it's like, it's because they don't learn how to master those emotions and almost learn how to make it serve them. They just kind of become that victim. And that's what we're talking about, about making it really yours, making yeah. that feeling really yours is figuring out how do you make that emotion serve you? Yeah. I, I think that's the key because really that's what we want mm -hmm. is that we want, you know, not to be driven by the emotion, but you drive the emotion. And almost learning that we can quickly kind of control our state. Absolutely. Because emotions are powerful. I mean, there's there's a lot of energy in involved in emotions. Yeah. And emotions, you can either serve your emotions or they can serve you. You can you can be a slave to them or 
they can be your slave. They can be your tool. And yeah. because there's so much energy, anything that involves energy can really be utilized um, and can you can become a slave to that or it can become your tool and you can own that. And, and I think about making it mine is you really have to confront this victim mentality. Now, all victim mentality really comes out of choice poverty, mm-hmm. right? You believe, oh, there's nothing I can do. And it, this is what happens with emotions is, oh, there's nothing I can do. I just feel angry. They did this. I feel angry. There's nothing. And the reality is, and this is a big thought, right? It's like you really kind of choose that emotion. It's like, hey, I'm not a victim, right? It's like, I'm powerful. I'm choosing to feel this way. Now, we're not saying maybe they shouldn't have did this behavior or acted this way, but at the end of the day, it's like you chose to feel that way. Absolutely. And so when we're talking about all of this, we're referring to that emotions wheel that we talked about in our previous podcast is being able to just truly dial down and identify that that emotion and the emotion that you're dealing with. Because when you're in that victim and blamer cycle, there's so many um, negative emotions and and there's so many emotions that, that really how you spiral down that victim blamer cycle is that you're slave to those emotions mm-hmm. and you're just kind of letting those emotions feel I was going to say feel you, but you're just kind of letting them happen. Yeah. And without commanding, being in charge, being in control of, okay, what emotion am I going to feel? What, and then therefore, what is my response? Well, and this is really the, then it kind of leaves people down this blaming, complaining, complaining, right? Then I'm blaming other people or situations for how I feel. And then I'm complaining about them. And it's like, when I'm complaining, I'm not creating, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and the reality is that you can create the emotion that you want. Mm-hmm. Now that's a big thought, but Lisa, do we want to walk through kind of the, uh, we, we have a new tool called the emotion clarifier, Absolutely. maybe kind of give some examples and we're going to put that there in the show notes for you to be able to download the emotions clarifier, but it's a fantastic tool for you to really kind of walk through and give you a four step framework to, to really navigate through some of these emotions. Absolutely. Because there, there are healthy ways to, to walk through the situations that you're going through and how you decide to feel in that situation. And then how you choose to respond or the situation and how you just end up feeling without making any choice. And then how you react because it's what comes out of your feeling and being able to kind of step back. And what we want to do is we just want to raise some awareness of this is how I want to be able to increase communication in my environment. This is how I want to be able to have less drama in my environment, in my work environment, with my team, with my higher ups, and even inside of myself, inside myself at my at, in my home. Absolutely. Because it, really all of it, it, it starts with me. And if I believe it starts with me, then I put myself back in the driver's seat. Yeah. And it, and it's like, if I don't, it's like, Lisa, the problem always is to start with me, right? Because my problem is you. It's like, I can't fix you. I can't control you. I can't, right? It's like, it's got to stay like inside of me because I can control that. Like mm-hmm. I can fix Dennis. It's really hard. I can't fix Lisa. Lisa's got to fix Lisa. Absolutely. And it, Go ahead. Well, well no, I was going to ask you if you wanted to walk through this um, emotions clarifier. Oh, let's do it. So it's really a four-part framework and sort of four quick questions where you kind of name the situation. So Lisa, you had a great example about um, loneliness. So why not, so kind of just name the situation. Okay. Right? Um, well, can we go through and kind of t- say the basic four Perfect. Tenets? Let's do it. Right. So you have the situation. And then the first, the first question is, is like, what am I feeling? 
right? And really get clear. I, I feel mad. I feel sad. I, and that's I, when you utilize the emotions wheel. Right. So you can kind of look back at the emotions wheel and go really name it. Right? Okay. So, and, and it's, and sometimes it's a little bit deeper. It's like, you know, how do I go through and figure out what it is that I'm actually feeling, what it is that I'm going through, what it is that I'm deep, deep down, what is the deep down emotion that's going on? Not just, okay, I feel mad because there's so many more emotions than just mad, or there's so many, there's so many facets of that mad emotion. I mean, it could be, it could be a little bit of irritation, or it could be some frustration, or it could be some intense, intense things that are, that are going on, but it is so much more than just your basic mad. So then this is what I feel based on that emotion, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, what, what am I feeling? Right. And then the second question is, and then the second question we would go to is, um, what is it? What do I need? What do I need to do myself to return myself to the kind of the um, like ground zero, kind of like just to a, just to a level emotional state. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that kind of helps us go like, you know, what, what do I need to do? Right. So there's, there, there's something, you know, that I can do. Yeah. What can I do? Right. So we have the situation and then it's, what am, what am I feeling? And then it's, what do I need? What do I need to do now? It's not, what does somebody else need to do? And that's a key clarifier right there. It's not what does somebody else need to do? So I get back to feeling like a good, like a good emotional space, but it's what do I need to do for myself to bring myself back to like an even state, a state of, of, of just evenness. And then what can I do? So, so we have an example. Um, and this was actually one that I had written out myself and I don't remember the uh, initial situation and the circumstance of what this was, but it was basically living alone and probably so we're empty nesters now and Dennis is traveling a lot. So there's a, a, a big segment of time that I actually live alone. And so, you know, Dennis the that's right, so, the situation so, yeah so that's the situation the, the first question is, is what am i feeling so, so Lisa, what, what are you feeling? feeling so when in that time i i was feeling lonely i was feeling unsocialized i was feeling lost and i was even feeling unneeded now now here's here's the key thing when you do use this tool okay all progress starts when you tell the truth okay so you've got to be able to tell the truth on yourself right because if you're just going to just sort of make an excuse you, your brain doesn't work with excuses right? Your brain, your brain doesn't work with victim, but just tell the truth. So it's like, and then this next question. Well, and with that is it, it's, it's not necessarily even telling the truth of the situation. It's telling the truth on how am I really feeling? Because if you think about it, it's like, was I really lonely? Yeah, probably. Was I unsocialized? Yeah, no, not so much. Was I lost? No, but I was feeling lost. Was I unneeded? Well, Absolutely not. But that was just how I felt. And I had to tell myself the truth on how it was that I really felt. Right. So so sometimes like, you know, those feelings are not really reality, but you tell the truth on the feelings. And then and then the next question is, is what do I need for myself to bring my, myself out of this state? Okay. And so this is all hinging on actions that I do. Mm-hmm. It cannot be hinging on someone else's actions. So I had written socialization. Well, that's an action that I can do that would bring me 
up out of this. Um, getting together with friends. Now that's not saying if friends would invite me over. No, I'm saying I can get together with friends. Right. So it's like, what can I do? What do I need for myself to bring me out of the state? And then the and then, you know, some of the others are utilize my alone time for rejuvenation. So rather than utilizing my alone time to wallow in my aloneness, right. I could figure out, okay, while I'm alone, how can I use it for rejuvenation? And then another thing was keep my environment beautiful. Because mm-hmm. for me, if my environment is not beautiful, maybe it's dirty or disorganized or messy, um, it 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 weighs on me. But if I keep it beautiful, it brightens my day. And then uh, the last thing was to live fully each day. And those were all things that were completely in my power. Well, here's what's interesting, Lisa, is that there are so unique needs. Everybody has unique needs because everybody is so unique, right? And when you name some of those needs, I was like, yeah, I don't really need that. Like, like if I was feeling lonely, I don't need my environment, you know, to to be a certain way. That that right, but that's your need, right? Because it's unique to who you are and how you're created and your your purpose. Absolutely. And so, you know, getting just real clear on that, it's like, hey, this is this is my unique needs, but you don't put them on other people because it's your responsibility to get your needs met in a healthy way. And then the last one is what can I do? What well the next one you want is what do I what do I want oh, to yeah. feel? Oh yeah, what do I want to feel? Yeah, Sorry, so I totally missed that. So then so okay, so what do what you want to feel? To feel? So um, so if I look at what I was feeling lonely, unsocialized, lost, unneeded, that's kind of what you go off from. So instead of lonely, I want to feel um satisfied. Yeah, you I you know, not alone. Instead of un, instead of lost, I want to feel a sense of peace because or calm because when you're lost you instead of feeling unneeded i want to feel needed i want to feel valued i want to feel like i contribute yeah and then and then the fourth the fourth magic question is really is what can you do now and so those are things that what can i do to feel needed what yeah. can i fe- do to feel like i'm contributing what can i do to feel that sense of calm and, and so some of my ideas were i can plan my days to live fully I can call or text or get together with friends or family. I can not flounder, but be intentional. And these were all things that are completely in control. And this is a way that I can make my feelings mine. So I can take the feeling of lonely or lost or unneeded, and I can take it and and I can make that feeling mine and I can be the master of it. I love it, right? Because it's like, it's and kind of what it shows us is that you create the feeling. Absolutely. And I do have to say, um, you know, big kudos to my my therapist because he was he gave me a, a spreadsheet. He said, you know, do this. And so we kind of tweaked it and changed it a little bit and created this thinking tool from some of the questions he had he had told me when I have all of these emotions and these things going around in my head that, you know, to go through and and write out the situation. Yeah. And it's really a four-step framework that you can really like make these emotions your own and really allow them to serve you, not be served by them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Now it doesn't, it's, it takes a little bit. Now, now one thing we, because we've worked through this a lot, even in our communication with each other, actually, right before we recorded this podcast, we had a whole, we had to go through this several times because (laughs) multiple things happened and we just kind of went victim blamer. Um, And I think we delayed recording this an hour maybe because we were working through all of those things. Well, and you know what, if if you're not careful, Lisa, it's like sometimes like people get into this emotional cycle and it's like they try to out victim each other. 
Hmm. Right. So, oh, no, you did this to me. And oh, no, you did. And it's like, oh, Lisa, you did. When you said this, right. And it's all of a sudden it's like I accused you and I just became the victim and you were the persecutor. And and it's fascinating because then that goes into your internal communication and the stories that you tell yourself. Yeah. And how do you really kind of manage the stories? And so in the next podcast, we really want to cover like, how do you step into that story and manage your story? And how do you, and how do you manage your internal communication with these feelings that you have truly made your own? And, and how do you use them? Because we talked before in, in our first podcast that, you know, drama is actually a gift. And these, these feelings, these, these things are actually gifts that are given to you that it's okay to feel this way because we can take these things and they're, they're um, kind of not triggers, but they're kind of like flags. They're identifiers on, Hey, there's something I can do here to better my environment and better even what's going on in my life. Yeah. And a lot of times people say, well, I, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel all these different, maybe like negative, they perceive negative emotions, but at least like, what, what would it be like if like, I didn't have any sense of touch, mm-hmm. right? And I put my hand on a hot stove. I mean, I'm really glad, like I can feel that, right? Because if I never had any feeling, I just put my hand on a hot stove and just burn right through my hand. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, that was painful, but it, it actually served me. So, and also, so for instance, um, we've got a couple kids that don't live, you know, in, in here in the city we live in. And so when they leave, we feel sad that they're gone. We feel sad that we aren't going to be able to see them. We feel sad that we're not going to be able to spend time with them and play games or just hang out together. And so we want to feel that sadness because it makes it when we do get to see them and we are together it makes it so much more satisfying and gives us so much more joy to be with them. And if we didn't feel that depth of that sadness of not being together, we couldn't feel the depth of the joy and the depth of the value of our relationship. So our encouragement is like, don't, don't go numb, right? Don't, you know, feel the feel, but use the emotions clarifier, walk through that four-step framework, and it'll help you know what to do with that feeling. Absolutely. And then coming up next is, communicating internally and the stories we tell ourselves. And then after that, we're going to move into communicating externally. And how do you incorporate other people into this kind of dialogue and process? Right. And almost like, how do you, how do you step into their, like, how do you step into their story? Right. Right. To help shape that. And how can we do this together? And then, and then the last part will be, you know, being able to stay focused and our top three and calendarizing and time management. And so how do we, how do we just make this life more fulfilling? I love it. I love it. So next time we're going to get into frustration reducer. So stay tuned. Join us on the next episode. Lisa, what a big takeaway from today for you? I love Mr. Rogers. I do. I mean, I miss him. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think we can watch him. I I, I, I love the poem, right? And it's yeah. like, I, I think this whole idea of like, make the emotion mine. I got to own it. Absolutely. Right? And, Be responsible for it. And we can totally, we can totally do something with it. It's, it's, it doesn't have to make us so mad that we feel like we could bite and it doesn't, you know, when, yeah. and it makes it so when we feel like the whole wide world seems oh so wrong and nothing we do seems very right, it, it switches that to maybe everything doesn't seem quite so wrong and things actually do seem right. 
I love it. Listen, this has been fantastic. And uh, we'll see everybody on next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. <laughs>